0: Good morning, it's good to see you this morning and um, I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 15 and uh, we're going to be in this uh, chapter, these actually, uh, we're going to be in these 10 verses for the next uh, four weeks or so and we want to take the entire month and just kind of focus in on who we need to become as a church and who we need to become as individual followers of Jesus Christ and not only that but we want to take the entire month and focus in on where we're going as a church. And uh, I think, you know, in the past we've kind of just highlighted and just kind of opened up the fire hydrant and just uh, dumped a bunch of information on you. But like Mike said this morning, there's several things that we're very excited about. And as we evaluated, um, we've mentioned for several years, like we want to grow the food pantry. But the problem that we keep bumping into is that we're out of space. And uh, we bring in, you know, six to 9,000 pounds of food every two weeks we push all that out in one, uh, one afternoon, and, uh, and we don't have the ability to store. And uh, last year, we mentioned the opportunity for us to, to potentially do a uh, modular. And uh, we're not going to do that because of uh, the variances and the codes. And it, it just ended up being uh, more of a pain and a headache. And so we're going to pivot, and we're going to evaluate um, and, and investigate what it would look like. And we're going to talk about this more at the end of the month. Mike mentioned this. Uh, about the possibility of expanding onto this building or maybe building um, a utility barn for our students and for the food pantry. Wouldn't that be incredible uh, to see God? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I, I want to I be in a church where my kids are growing up and they can look at um, the, the adults around them and see their faith. Amen? And, they, and, and as, a, as a general rule of thumb, this morning on my Facebook page it popped up. They have, this, uh, uh, I don't know what they call them, those uh, memories that they pop up. And Ten years ago, uh, there was a picture of my daughter, Ellie, and she was uh, digging dirt out of the clay as we broke ground on this facility 10 years ago. And, uh, man, that, that's, uh, that's good to know, right? And I think before we look into the future, we need to remember what God's done in the past. And I just want to focus in on a few things that, that God did last year, because it just, you know, when you think about it, the year just comes and goes like that, doesn't it? And we tend to forget all that happened in a year. And I just want to highlight to you some of the amazing things that God did in our church this past year. The first one, and, and listen, this is a day, and I've, I've been struggling. I think Satan's been after me all week. I, I, um, I got sick this week, and uh, I slept for like eight hours on Thursday. Just slept all day long. And uh, Yesterday, somehow, I tweaked my back, and I felt like I was 80 years old, and it was just, uh, I don't think the, the devil wanted me here today. But I want to tell you this. When I share with you these things, if you want to clap, if you want to hoot, If you want to get up and dance, I don't care. You know, if you want to wave, if you got a hanky, wave your hanky. But these are things to be excited about, not because I did them or Mike did them or John did them, but because God showed up. God did his work in and through his people. And not just myself and Mike and John and a few select people, but when we come together as a church, fulfilling the purpose and mission of God, there is nothing that is off the table that God can do. Amen? And I just believe that. Now, the first thing that we saw happen last year, which in and of itself was a miracle, was that God brought together two churches, and we were able to merge two churches together. Amen? Come on, let's clap about that today. Some of you are probably happy about it still, but that's okay. Kind of fired up about it, you know? I got to meet some friends, and uh, I'm thankful for the new, the new folks that God has brought into our church family. And, um, you know, like in-laws, uh, you like some of them, and some of them, you're just thankful that you see them at Christmas. Amen? My father-in-law said that his favorite lights at the holidays are the ones of his uh, son-in-laws leaving the driveway, right? And so, we sold, uh, here's the other thing, in, in the process of the merge, these are already all up there, so there we go. Uh, we were able to sell the Manhattan property, which that was on the market over five years. We put it on the market and in 30 days, we sold it. Uh, we paved the parking lot, and we paid for cash with that, amen? Uh, we didn't have to take, yeah, amen. That was a big deal. Um, and I know this was kind of uh, retro here, but I wanted us to bring this up because I'm going to talk about it a little bit this morning. But we sent out three family plant churches in the last year or so. Uh, Matt McMorris and Christy planted a church this year called Grace, uh, Grace Valley Church up in Lodi, Wisconsin, and that they launched back in September of this year. And uh, we're thankful for what God is doing there. And they, they're meeting uh, in a, a chamber of commerce building. And they've got about 40 people that are uh, meeting and and doing. Uh, uh, doing the work of God there in that place uh, Jimmy is involved uh, Jimmy Paul those of you who remember him he and Keenan went down to West Palm Beach to family church and uh, Keenan is helping out at one of the campuses as the growth group pastor uh, Jimmy is now they brought him on staff part-time and he's involved with the college ministry and working in the administrative department and I mean, isn't that cool that God is taking people out of our church and sending them into the mission of God and and as painful as that is, at times, for us to see people leave, sometimes we're like, hey, man, let's, I'm going to root this person on to leave, and we're ready for you to go. Um, sometimes there's some folks that we're like, man, we really love you, but hey, on, on the other side of eternity, we're going to have all eternity to spend together, amen? And I surely don't want to be the kind of church or the person that holds people back from fulfilling the purpose of God in their life, and so we were able to send out church planters this past year. We reduced our debt, and I mean, it's a big deal, man. $450,000 in debt that we were able to reduce this year. That's a big deal. And the way God orchestrated that was just absolutely incredible. And it wasn't a single person that did that, but that was definitely a team effort with our pastors and with those that were involved in that process. And I want to say, too, Sock Trail kicked out $100,000, and they wrote a check for us to be able to help us get our loan reduced so that we could put it into Converge. And, uh, and we were able to pay off $150,000 of the Converge loan. And, um, and so now we only have one loan, and it's under a million dollars, and we only pay $6,000 a month on that, and that's a 20-year arm, amen? And uh, just exciting, man, cool stuff that God is doing. Um, our mortgage used to be 11000 a month, and now we're paying six, right? And so um, that's uh, super awesome. We hired a full-time student director. Clint today is uh, up in uh, Wisconsin at Camp Timberley with several of our youth workers and uh, with our young people, and God is using him in great ways. He's also helped to relaunch our growth group this past year. And he's been a great addition to our, 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 uh, our team, as, as well as him working with the growth groups. As Mike said, we we're able to launch three new growth groups this year. And again, we praise God for that, because we're seeing more and more people, more and more people use their gifts uh, uh, in the church and for the mission of God. And, and we're just excited for that, and then we took on new missionaries this year. And I know that uh, we love our missionaries, we love our missions program, and we're going we're gonna to try to make that more robust. This year, and I'm going to talk about that in a few weeks. Uh, we typically have been just doing a one-off missions conference, and while we say missions, very important in our church, uh, we don't reflect that throughout the year. We're going to be changing that. We took on new missionaries, the Cottrells, and um, oh man, my mind's uh, slipping me. The Nappers, yeah, Chris. I don't know how I forgot Mike. Man, he's crazy, um, but he's Faso, and he's there, and they're uh, they're doing a work that's very dangerous and very risky, and uh, we think. God for their work being on the front lines, and, and we need to, as a church, make sure that we're holding the rope so that our missionaries can continue to go to the ends of the earth. Now listen, God's doing a work. He's doing a work among His people, and I, and I want to say this today. God help us if we ever get to the place in our church where we're like, man, I remember when God did this, and we're not talking about what God is doing right now. I mean, that's one of the characteristics, if you will, of a church that's dying and a church that isn't doing anything for the, for the mission of God. And I've said before that um, the church is a movement, and movements move, and if you're not part of the movement, then, uh, or if you're not moving, then you're not part of the movement. And a growing church is always in transition, and there's always going to be changes, and there's always going to be uh, times where we need to pivot, and we need to move and be fluid as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But what God did in the past should not necessarily always reflect what He wants us to do in the present. By God's grace and His power and His Spirit, we believe, our pastors believe, that God wants to use each and every one of us to make disciples in 2019. And if you've known me long enough, you know that it's been my dream, my vision, my heart, for uh, the church that I was involved in past, that every single person that would attend Jackson Creek Fellowship Church that you would become the disciple that Jesus wants you to become. That you would that you would allow God to use your abilities and your gifts and your talents and your resources and leverage those to make an impact in the kingdom of God. And I believe that once we get our, our hearts and our heads around this concept, God will do amazing, yea, even impossible things among His people if we would just be the disciples that God has called us to be. You know, our vision as a church is that we might... Exist to become a church that multiplies disciples for kingdom impact. That's, that's the heart of what we want to do. That we would be, we would be multiplying disciples that, disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that have a kingdom impact. And I, don't, I believe this morning that, that you will never be as fulfilled as God wants you to be unless you're fulfilling your God-given design and purpose for your life. And I believe this morning that goes from our nursery workers all the way to our church planters and missionaries. And I pray that this year, that God, this year I'm praying that God would raise up some church planters to come out of uh, uh, Jackson Creek Fellowship Church. I'm praying that God would raise up some missionaries. But we need missionaries to go to the mission field. In the 1040 window, the, there's 7 billion people that, 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 that live on planet Earth. 1 billion people live in the 1040 window where Mike Napper is, and there's, there's over... Um, uh, I think there's 6,000 unreached people groups in all the world, which means that they have no gospel, they have no Bible in their language, and they have no hope of hearing about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we need, we need folks that are going to say, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender to the call of God in my life to be a disciple of Christ, not just here, but maybe to the ends of the earth. Now, we've all been commissioned to expand the kingdom of God, and it's surely not a burden or an obligation, but it is the joy and it is the passion of every disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, in our text this morning, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the time that he would no longer be with them. That's what he was doing. He was getting them ready for his, his, um, his departure, his physical departure. In fact, later on, what he would say, he says, listen, greater... Greater things than these than you will do. And I, you think about that for a minute. Jesus raised the cat from the dead, right? Like, he did that. He raised a little girl from the dead. He, he helped blind Bartimaeus see again, right? I mean, the miracles, the Bible says that the things that Jesus did, the books couldn't contain the things that Jesus actually did that were supernatural and miraculous. And he says to his disciples, you're going to do greater things than me. And the way in which we do that is as we abide in Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells us as followers of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus invites you and me, His disciples, into intimate communion with Him, and He also commissions us, He commissions us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to realize this morning, and you may jot this down if you've never heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again, the moment that you decided to follow Jesus, you were simultaneously called into the mission of God. The moment that you decided to follow Jesus Christ was the moment that you were simultaneously called into the mission of God. And so we don't, we don't get an option of whether or not we're going to be unleashed into the mission of God for the sake of the kingdom. No, the moment you became a disciple, you were surrendering your will, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, your ambitions. You were laying those aside to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. And as a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you know Jesus, if you love Jesus, when you pursue Jesus, His will then becomes your will. Now listen, abiding makes us aware of the opportunities to serve others effectively. And Christ is reminding us this morning, uh, specifically His followers, before their commission, before we ever go out and do something for God, we have to first come apart so that we can be something with Him. And so He wants us to commune with Him. He's inviting His disciples into this time of communion, and what He wants us to understand is is this, we will never fulfill our purpose apart from pursuing Jesus Christ. You will never fulfill whatever your purpose is in this life, whatever God's calling on your life today, specifically for you, you'll never fulfill that until You make it your life's goal to know, love, and to pursue Jesus Christ. Now I'm blessed today to say that so many of you are seeing God do a work in your life as you pursue Jesus and you pursue His will. And I want to tell you this morning, man, if your life is boring right now, that's not because following Jesus is boring. Because when you follow Christ, and when you you seek out His design and His purpose for your life, it's anything but boring. It's anything but mundane. But the true Christian life, when we when we follow Christ and we commune with Christ and we abide in Christ and we see His uh, uh, His His life work in us and through us for the sake of the kingdom, we'll see things that we never even thought were possible. Because the Christian life is anything but boring. Boring. That's the southern coming out into, uh, of me. This this in part, this in part happens because many are seeing the call to walk with Jesus and seek to be in a position to serve others. And this is really what I want to lean into this morning. What's your relationship like right now with Jesus today? Because I think some of us need to have a reset moment. Some of us need to realign our life with the call of God on our life. Some of us need to recalibrate some things. Some of us need to get rid of some things in our life today because they're crowding out the purpose of God in our lives and primarily God's purpose in our life is that we might know him. Now, Mike brought this up last week when he, he talked about when Paul uses the, the word uh, that in the New Testament, specifically in the epistles. The Greek word is actually hina, and it's always used in conjunction with a purpose clause. Paul used it in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, and Paul says, look, that I might know him, and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. And he said, I count all things but lost, but for the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. And I count all things but done, that I might know Christ. And so, more than anything this morning, we need to realign and recalibrate and reset our life to knowing, loving, and following Jesus this morning. There's so many things that we could say this morning. Hey, don't do this, or we need to get involved in that. Hey, I want to tell you this morning, lean in and know Jesus this year. In 2019, the call of God on my life, the call of God on your life, is just simply to know Jesus, to abide in Jesus, to, listen, it's an old old term that we used to say, hey, just walk with Jesus this year. And I'm not going to bust out an old hymn this morning, but just a little walk with Jesus. Oh, man, how that might change your life if you would make a decision today to just take a little walk with Jesus. Many of you can think back to a time where, where much uh, of what's been mentioned was true in your life. Some of you this morning, you know, man, hey, there was a time in my life, man, where I really walked with God. I see a spirit in my life. I would open the Bible, and it would just seem like the words of this book would, like, jump off the pages, and it would grip my heart, and I just couldn't wait to get to church, and I couldn't wait to share the Word of God with my friends and speak faith into their life, and I, I just, I knew that God had a purpose and a plan for my life, and I was on fire about that. I was passionate for Him. You know what God says one of the greatest sins for those of us who follow Christ is? It's the sin of lukewarmness. It's the sin of, of, of not being fully in love with and fully passionate. You can do all the right things, but not have a heart for God and you miss the mark. So many of you, there was a time in your life where much of this was true. Your faith was on fire. You're passionate about the mission of God. And I want to ask you this morning, has your passion waned? Has your passion waned? And one of the thoughts that I want us to consider is, is that you don't have to grow distant from Jesus. You don't have to purposely this morning set out to be like, you know, I'm just going to ignore Christ this month. I'm just going to put Him on the back burner. No, friends, it happens slowly over a course of time. You get too busy. Other things become important. Other things crowd out your time for God. Church becomes an option of whether or not you're going to come and and gather with the people of God, and lift up hands, and worship, and praise Him, and and honor Him, and to include Him in your day, and include Him in your life, and in your decisions. It doesn't, it just happens. It's a slow drift. And so you allow these things to become a priority, and your passion for Jesus becomes secondary. So this morning, I want to begin with going deeper with Jesus. And I want to talk to you, first of all, in verse number four, about a life that deepens in communion. Oh, man, this would be my prayer for every one of you. And, man, it would be my prayer for my own life this year. Jesus, Jesus says to these disciples as he's getting ready to go to the cross, and he's physically getting prepared to leave them and send the Holy Spirit to indwell them. Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Now, the word abide means to Continue. It means to remain, and essentially what Jesus is saying in this passage is, is that, that you might pursue Jesus as you seek to obey his word, as you seek to be obedient to the call of God on your life, as you find it revealed in the word of God. It means to keep fellowship so that his life can work in and through you to produce fruit. And friends, I want to tell you this morning, we find joy, peace, purpose, and comfort when we abide in Jesus Christ. You with me? We find joy, peace, comfort, and purpose when we abide in, when we remain in, when we find our home in and our dwelling in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Matthew Henry, an old-time commentator, wrote this. He said, it it is the great concern of all of Christ's disciples constantly to keep up a dependence upon Christ and communion with Him. Oh, man, that ought to be our greatest priority. That ought to be our greatest concern. That ought to be our greatest concern. Uh, pursuit in life is that we might remain in a dependence upon Christ and a communion with Him. The calling that we have on our lives is a calling to be in a relationship with Jesus. We're called to follow Him. What exactly does that mean? It's not difficult this morning to allow other people or pursuits to hijack walking with Jesus. We're called and invited to know and love and pursue Jesus. Many of us have been saved a really long time. I want to ask you this morning, how many say more than 20 years? 20 years. How many of you, keep your hands up. How many of you been saved more than 30 years? 30 years. Okay, I'm at 30. All right, how about 40 years? Now, I want I want you to kind of look around the room. Many of us, listen this morning, many of us have been saved a really long time, a long time. And it's easy to have confidence in our religious knowledge. But I want to tell you something this morning. Knowing stuff isn't the same as knowing the Savior. You with me? You can know a bunch of stuff about the book, but you can be mean as the devil. Right? And you can talk a good talk, and you can talk about forgiveness, and you can talk about grace, but you can, you can hold resentment in your heart. And you can hold love and compassion and grace, mercy and goodness to those around you. Because there's a huge difference between knowing stuff and knowing the Savior. It's possible to become an expert at serving God and a novice. You hear me? It's possible to become an expert at serving God and being a novice at being a friend of Jesus Christ. It's super possible to do that. The longer you know Jesus, the more intimate your relationship should be followers of Jesus should pursue a deeper intimacy with Christ. It's one thing to know a bunch of facts about Jesus, but it's another thing altogether to be his friend. Look at what he says in verse 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friends. Friends, I I don't know if you grasp that this morning, but I have a ton of friends in life. I have a lot of friends and people, you know, that I, that I, I, I like. Um, you know, there's tears to friends. I, I'll spend time and go out to eat a meal with people. There's other people I'll go on vacation with. There's other people that I share my life with and stuff like that. But, you know, as you get closer and closer to those true friends in life, that list gets shorter, doesn't it? Amen, if we're honest. In fact, Dave Hardy once told me, he says, the success in a man's life is if he dies, and he can count on one hand five friends that he has when he dies. That's success in life. And Jesus says, listen, I no longer call you servants but I call you my friend. And I don't know about you, but when the Son of God invites us into a friendship with Him, oh man, wouldn't it behoove us? Wouldn't it it concern us to make it a priority to be friends with the eternal God of this universe? We're a people devoted to a person, a relationship, not a religion. We devote our lives to pursue Jesus and He transforms us and he leads us every step of the way. We want to go deeper. One writer said it this way, reading a book about a person is not the same thing as knowing the person who wrote the book. Are you with me? Man, you can read a book about a person, but knowing that person is altogether different. So so how do we know Jesus this year? Number one, challenge number one, deepen the quality of your devoted time. I want to challenge you to do this this year. To break through to abiding, you need to consider Deepening the quality of your devoted time with God. What is the quality of your time with Jesus? This would include solitude. It might include silence. It would include uninterrupted time with Jesus. And I know, man, for moms that are in the room today, I don't want to be remiss in saying this, but sometimes, man, it's like super hard to just get a moment away from your kids. Can can all the moms say amen this morning? I mean, you just... Any time that you can get, man, just go in the bathroom and lock the door, right? You know, and just shut them out. Let them scream all they want. But sometimes deepening our quality time means solitude. It means silence. It means that we leave our phones and our devices off and we listen to Jesus and we read his word as we talk to him in prayer. I mean, what's the first thing you reach for in the morning, your Bible or your iPhone? Or your Android, if you're a nerd? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What do you reach for in the morning? I mean, I'm not trying to just preach this out and make you feel guilty because I'm guilty of some of these same things as well. It means that we leave our phones and devices off and we listen to Jesus as we read his word and talk to him in prayer. Abiding more, listen to this, abiding more and doing less leads to more results. Troy Durrell told me one time, much uh, less is more. Less is more when we put more into less. You see, in our culture today, we think just the opposite, that the more we do, the more productive that we are. But yet, in God's economy, the more we commune with him, the more productive we will be. The more time that we spend with God, the more productive we will be. Now, this isn't a license to be lazy and not to serve or to work hard, but abiding in Jesus is an invitation to be renewed, to be restored, and to be released to do what God has called us to do in his strength and not our own. And some of you are so burnt out today, and you're so tired today, and you're so restless this morning. And what you need to do is step away from the busyness of your life and get alone with God. Know Him. Let Him renew you. Let Him restore you. second challenge is broaden your devoted time. To break through to abiding, you need to consider broadening your devoted time from an appointment to an all-day attentiveness to His presence. Every morning I set aside a time where the first thing I do most days is I get up in the morning and I spend time in the Word of God. And Mike is exactly right. It'll do something for your soul if you can create the discipline of writing down the things that God's doing in your life several times a week. Oh man, it'll do things for your soul. You'll write out sins that you committed that day or you'll write out victories that God gave you in your life. You'll write out wins for the kingdom of God and you'll write out things that you're thankful for and you'll remember the goodness of God in a way that you wouldn't if you didn't write those things down. Broaden your time. Maybe at lunch instead of jumping on your phone and looking through and scrolling through Facebook or looking at Instagram or hopping on social media, maybe at lunch you take the 21 days of courageous prayer and you open that up and you begin to read about how to become a person of prayer, which we're going to talk about in just a few weeks, and you spend time communing with God and inviting Him into all the areas of your life, not just functioning with Him and checking it off a list, like, well, I did my quiet time today, whatever that means. but Genuinely opening your life up moment by moment to a dependence on Jesus Christ. It's not unusual for us to spend time with Jesus in the morning or even at night but then to forget or even ignore Him the rest of our day. We must include Him in all, of our, in all of our lives all day if we were to abide in Him. Anything, listen, you might write this down today. Anything that comes before Jesus at the expense of time with Him is an idol. Anything that comes before Jesus at the expense of time with Him is an idol. More abiding means more of God in your life, more of Him in your activities, thoughts, and desires. I want to ask you three quick questions, and I think they're in your notes today. How different would your life be if you included Jesus in every part of your life this year? How different would it be? And then secondly, how much of an impact would your life have if you walk with Jesus? How, how, how many lives do you think you might impact this year if you just genuinely walk with Jesus Christ this year? And how would your home? I love this one. This one convicts me, man, because I've been struggling with this one lately. But how would my home, how would my home look like if I were devoted to going deeper with my walk with Jesus in 2019. Man, how would that look? How would my marriage be? How would my kids be different? How would my responses change? And so this morning, what we're asking you to do is to go deeper with God, but then we're asking you to depend on Christ in verses 4 and 5. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In the text, and I'm going to clip along here this morning, Jesus says to abide in him. Because without Him, listen, without Jesus, you can do nothing. All of God's people said, without Him. I mean, I can't do anything without Jesus this morning. If I'm called of God to do anything, listen to this, if I'm called of God to do anything, I'm limited. But the one who called me is sufficient, amen? The one who called me is sufficient because He is sovereign and He is almighty and He is inviting me Not just to commune with him, he's inviting me to depend on him. A life that's abiding in Christ is a life that's dependent on Jesus. It's a life that's trusting God to bring fruit from commitment and communion with him. And followers of Jesus recognize that we are needy. We recognize that. On my best day, on my best day, I need Jesus Christ. On my worst day, I need him. But as much as I needed it on my worst day, I need him so much more even on my best day. There's not a day that goes by where I draw a breath and I'm not in need of the grace of God that's sufficient for my life. Followers of Jesus recognize how needy they are and we should never get to the point where we're we're not dependent on Jesus. Now let me ask you, write this down in your notes today. Do I recognize my need daily? Do I recognize my need every day to to know and pursue Jesus Christ, to be dependent on Him? So many, listen, so many who claim to follow Jesus, listen, they function like they don't need Him. So many of us who follow Jesus function as if we don't need him. A life that's really producing fruit is a life that's dependent on Jesus. So often we depend on our own strength and our abilities and talents to accomplish what we think is God's will. Think about parenting. You know, this morning, are you ignoring God's design for parenting? Or with your spouse? I mean, how many of you this morning genuinely think you could change your spouse? I mean, I've been married 18 years and I've been trying. don't work you know i mean that's the work of god for god to change another human being and i just got to recognize from time to time i'm not the holy spirit you know and i don't need to constantly remind her of the things that she does that are annoying or that imposition me we're not even talking about things that are sinful those are the things i'll let the holy spirit take care of so our spouse how about a single this morning Ignoring what God says about dating, sex, and friendship, or finances. Living above your means and ignoring generosity. How many of you are sitting in this room today and you've ignored God's plan for your life with your finances? And you live beyond your means and you, you're, not, you're not generous with what God has given to you and, and, and just investing in the kingdom of God with your, with your finances or work. Not recognizing God's goodness in our work and, and His glory in it. Listen, I want to tell you this morning. Ignoring Jesus will leave you exhausted. Busyness that distracts you from depending on Jesus will drain you. And disciples who depend on their walk with Jesus learn that he strengthens them and lives through them and he enables you. Friends, I want to tell you this morning, we need the wisdom, the character, and the strength of Christ that comes from a dependent walk with him. I want to say this this morning, and I hope you jot this down. God isn't interested in what you can do. He's interested in who you are becoming. God isn't interested in what you can do. He's interested in what you're becoming. Many years ago, I heard one of my favorite pastors, Dave, already say, you know, God builds a man before he builds a ministry. Boy, I can tell you that's true. I still feel like I do. I genuinely feel this way, that I'm still in that process of God building a man because I am surely not there yet. And many of us need to recognize with God's call in our life, whether it's the call to be a parent or a spouse or to be a witness of our, our work, God is building in you the character to be like Christ so that you can make a kingdom impact with those around you. And I want to tell you this morning, you'll never be like Jesus if you don't spend time with him. A.W. Tozer said, nearness is likeness. A real authentic and intimate relationship with Jesus, it changes everything. Everything. A real authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, it'll change everything. I want to ask you this morning, are you in for some of that in 2019? And I'm going to, I'm going to hit this one real quick because Mike's going to talk about it in a couple weeks. But we want you to deepen in communion. We want you to grow in dependence. But we want you to have a life that develops a crop. Just alliterated all these like a good Baptist today. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> Abiding in Jesus fundamentally transforms who you are. Your character becomes more and more like him. That's the byproduct. But the more you walk with Jesus, you will be like him. And listen. The more you walk with Jesus, the more you'll be like him, and the more impact you will have with those around you. When you spend time with Jesus, you begin to think. You begin to act. You begin to live like Jesus. And as a result, your life begins to bear fruit or, or, or naturally. It's not something that you need to manufacture. It's just a byproduct of Christ in you working through you and exposing His grace and gospel and goodness to those around you. You begin to see the world like Jesus. You will you will love and you will have compassion like Jesus. And there's some of you in this room that you don't have love like Jesus. You don't have the compassion. And I'm not saying that to, to indict you or to guilt you or to shame you, but I'm saying that to expose the reality that the, 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 the reason behind, most normally, is simply because we're not spending time with Christ. We know our favorite shows. We know our video games. We know all the stuff Bears are playing today. I don't even know if Nick Foles is playing or not. Dude loves Jesus. You know, I mean, I get all that. I mean, I'm all for sports and stuff. But we're so leaned into that stuff. And we wonder why we lack compassion and forgiveness and grace and mercy. We wonder why we struggle with the same sins year in and year out. And there's no, there's no, no visible change in our lives. And, 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 and primarily the reason is is because there's no time spent with Christ. But once you experience a real and authentic relationship with Jesus and your life produces eternal fruit, nothing else is as important as doing the will of God for your life. Can I say that again? Once you experience a real and authentic relationship with Jesus, and your life produces eternal fruit, nothing else will be as important as doing His will. Some of you right now, you got your priorities all mixed up. Some of you this morning, your finances are backwards, your, your, your schedules are backwards, your, your pursuits are backwards, your dreams are backwards, and listen... I'm not saying not to succeed in business. I want every man in this room and every lady in this room to go out, climb that ladder, make as much money as you can, but not at the expense of knowing and doing God's will in your life. And I want you to use God's God's opportunities that He gives you to leverage those for the kingdom of God so that you can make an eternal impact with the life that God has given you. Live life to the fullest as God extends it to you. One writer said it this way, once you begin to cultivate Deeper communion with Jesus, you know, have you have no desire to return to the shallow life of a careless Christian? And God help us. in twenty, I'm forty years old this year. And I just I'm reading a book right now, and it's just like because someone recommended it, totally convict. Nasty email this week. Why did you tell me to read this? It totally convicted me. I, mean, I got to change I Man, I stopped on the way to church, and I just said, man, I'm forty, and I. Why didn't I know this 10 years ago? Why didn't I know this 10 years Man, it made such a difference in my life, my walk with God, my ministry, my family, and my own personal walk with Jesus. Like, why didn't I know this? And I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't I don't want to be the same as I was in 2018 or 2017 or 2016. And I don't care how old I get. I, I want to grow closer to Jesus, and, and I genuinely want my life to matter. I want my life to have some type of legacy and some type of eternal significance where when I die, that people know that I live my life for Jesus Christ. And I don't care if no one remembers who I am. I want them to remember who Jesus was and is. And I would hope that you would you would consider that this morning, that, you know, hey, man, maybe I've got my priorities out of line. Maybe I need to reset some things in my life. Maybe I need to recalibrate and, and realign my life with the will of God for my life. Because, look, in verse 6, listen to what Jesus says. And it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of an eye-opener. And we're going to talk about this more next week. But Jesus says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, and they're thrown in the fire, and they're burned. The caution in verse number 6 is for those not abiding. You know who people are? They're the pretenders. They act like they know Jesus, but they're not really followers of Jesus Christ. I, I believe that there's people like that that attend church every Sunday. I'm not saying you're one of those. Maybe the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you. Your life will bear that out in time. And so Jesus says, listen, if you you don't abide, listen to what it says. If you don't abide, you'll dry up, and it will reveal that you never really follow Jesus. There's no such thing as a no-fruit disciple. You might write that down today. There's no such thing as a no-fruit disciple. In contrast, abiders deepen and depend on Jesus in such a way that they naturally produce eternal fruit. Because I want to tell you this morning, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, becoming distracted, from a call to abide, leaves you powerless, and it will leave you exhausted. And some of you this morning, you, you don't, there's no power in your life. There's no transformation in your life. There's no growth in your life. And some of you this morning, you're like a hamster on a wheel, man. You're just running and running, and there's no, there's no finish line for you, and you're exhausted this morning, and there's no, there's no clarity in your life. There, there's, no, there's no definition of what you're supposed to do with your life. And I'm going to take this morning. The call of God on my life, before I'm a dad, a pastor, a friend, or anything else, the call of God on my life is to follow Jesus. The call of my life is to walk with Jesus. And I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is inviting you and me into a relationship with him. And he's saying to you, man, all you that are weak, and all you that are heavy laden, and if you're that this morning, can I I get an amen, amen? Man, if you're weak and heavy laden, come on, I'm going to give you some rest. Oh, man. And there's not a person in this room that I know that isn't carrying some type of burden this morning. Mike talked about that last week. We're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or we're about to enter a storm. And this this year, I have no idea what, what 2019 faces for some of you, but it's going to be disastrous. Some of you, it's just going to be a bad year for you. Some of you might lose someone this year. Some of you might get a call that says you've got cancer this year. Some of you might lose a kid this year. I don't know, and I'm not trying to be grave or sensational in any way but I'm going to tell you something, if you're not abiding in Jesus, your faith will be wrecked in a way that you might not come back from and so God help us to really lean and deepen our communion with Christ so that when the storms come So when the challenges come, or when the opportunities are put at the table, that we're there, standing firm like a tree planted by the rivers of water, ready to do what God has called us to do. Even, even in the midst of the storm. Even when the obstacles seem unmountable. Even when the mountain seems unclimbable. That's not a word to please teachers. Don't come up to me afterwards. I don't need to hear it this morning. All right. But even when it seems impossible... Hey, listen, we're abiding in such a way that we're like, God, I know you got this. Because the Bible says the steps of a good man are directed by the Lord. And God will never lead you into something that he isn't going to lead you through. Amen? So I want to ask you this morning, what change do you need to make to your schedule this, this week? Right now, actually this morning, to deepen and broaden your time with Jesus in 2019. How can you include Jesus in your life throughout the day? How how are you going to change the rhythms of your life? Do you need to take some time to silence the noise? Do you need to schedule some solitude? In what ways are you living the Christian life in your own strength? How many of you are doing that today? How many are just tired? You're just restless. Weary from the journey. Kids are wearing you out. Spouse isn't meeting your needs. Finances are just, you don't know how that's going to flesh out friend, you just feel lonely. Maybe you haven't found the right spouse yet. You're a single adult and you're just wondering. And instead of going on Tinder and all these other hookup apps, man, you just, look, I don't need that. I, I've got Christ. I'm going to walk with Jesus. For too long, we use Jesus as a means to an end. We don't say it that way, but we want a better life, an easier life. And friends, I want to tell you this morning, Jesus has invited us to commune with him And then he's commissioned us to spread the gospel and make disciples. And I would hope and pray that 2019 would be unlike any other year because we're committed to walking with Christ and accepting his invitation to change the world, to make a difference in the world. Maybe not the world globally, but maybe in your world. might be one person this year that that you make an impact on. I remember a story several years ago that I told about a young boy that was uh, taking a walk along the sea. He was walking along the sea. The starfish had washed all ashore, and the tide had went out, and they were going to die. And so he would pick up one of those starfish, and he'd throw that starfish into the water. And then he'd go to another one, and he'd pick it up and throw it in the water. And some crusty old man. And that's Sometimes there's just people in your life that they're just crusty. That's they're crusty. You know, I call them swaggerjackers, you know. The guy comes by, and he just says, You're not going to make much of a difference. Look at all these starfish. You're not going to get to all of them. Boy picks up another one. He says, "Nope, but I did for that one. And he threw it back out in the water. You may never change the world on a global scale. But man, if you make a difference in one person's life this year, you've made all the difference in the world to that person. Oh, man. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed with the need, and we need to bring it back down to like, I'm just going to help this one person. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna abide in such a way that God brings those opportunities in my life. I'm ready to go. I'm walking with Him. I'm in the Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm producing fruit, and I'm, I'm gonna depend on Him. Is it gonna be easy? No, it's not. Oh man, but it'll be worth it. So I want to ask you this morning to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to ask you this morning. How many of you'd say to me, Jason? I know Christ is my Savior, and I know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I want to. I want to give testimony to that by lifting my hand this morning. Could you do that today? I know Christ. Now, how many of you would say to me this morning, Pastor, I, I'm not sure that I'm saved, that I've been forgiven of my sins, that heaven's my home, or that my relationship with God is right this morning? Pray for me. Is there anyone that's like that that's here today? I don't know Christ. I'm not a follower of Jesus. Would you let me pray for you? Yes, ma'am. I see your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes, sir. I see your hand. Now, how many of you would say to me this morning, Pastor, I want to abide in Christ this year. I don't want to be the same as I was in 2018. Man, I want to walk with Jesus. I want to be closer with Him. Man, I want to experience His life-transforming power in my life. Would you just lift your hand this morning and let me see those hands across the room today? Amen. If If that's your heart this morning, I want to invite you just right there in your seat, repeat this prayer after me. I wrote it out. You might pray something like this. Dear Jesus forgive me for allowing other pursuits to become more of a priority than my relationship to you. It has caused me to become blind to the opportunities to love those around me and serve your kingdom. Please draw me close to you and direct my steps this week and this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Father in heaven, I want to thank you, God, for the opportunity to pass through this Church, Mike and John, and the work that you've called us as pastors to do. And God, it's our desire to see disciples that make disciples that make an eternal impact in the kingdom of God. And I pray, Lord, for every person in this room this morning that their hearts would be open to, they'd be soft and tender to call of God in their life to pursue you, to follow you, to deepen their relationship, to depend on you, God willing to be used as you. And I just pray, God, that we might this morning get back to the altar and come to the place, Lord, where we're willing to humble ourselves and find grace in your sight. God, that we'd come back to the place where we would draw nigh unto God and you would draw nigh unto us. If we can't walk, we'll crawl. God, we want to find more of you evident in our lives this year. And that we wouldn't go and say, Man, I remember what God did a year ago or ten years ago. And we be able to say with bold proclamation, He's at work right now? Oh God, please work these moments that we have together as we close the service.